I left there and went to a big business. And I thought that this was going to be the next, you know, 10 years of, of my life, quite frankly, you know, massive organisation, good opportunity, a lot of money, like good money, I should say, I shouldn't say a lot, um, but it was good money. And then all of a sudden, this was not right for me. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. This episode is sponsored by ASTOTS Academy, which offers online courses to help investors better manage their stock portfolios, aspiring professionals to learn how to value any company in the world, business leaders to make their companies financially world-class, and even beginners to implement a simple lifetime investment plan. Just go to myworstinvestmentever.com to get free access to my short course, Six Ways to Lose Your Money and Six Strategies to Win, where I share the six lessons I've learned from all of these podcasts. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts, and I'm here with featured guest, Luke Fenwick. Luke, are you ready to rock? I am. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> looking forward to this. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our discussion. I've got from our pre-interview discussion, I'm getting a feeling like this is going to be an interesting story. So, all right. Well, let me introduce you to the audience. Luke Fenwick has had a corporate career spanning over 20 years across numerous industries, including luxury goods and professional sports at organizations such as Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, and Melbourne United Basketball Club. He is a father and husband and chose to follow his purpose and become a life impact coach to help people gain awareness, not only of their vision and goals, but their deeply held beliefs in order to create positive impact in their lives. His official teaching is derived from the Jay Shetty Genius School for Life Coaches. However, his approach with clients has been shaped by coaching and mentoring people over 20 years and by studying the experts. Luke, take a minute and fill in further tidbits about your life. Yeah, wow. You've you've kind of hit the uh, nail on the head there. So, you know, thank you once again for the opportunity to to talk to you um, and, you know, have this discussion today. I've certainly been fortunate to work in, you know, many amazing organisations over time and pre the good ones that you were talking about there, I, you know, cut my teeth in in retail many years ago. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a proud father of a 27-month-old boy, you know, husband to my, to my, you know, wife, Julie, who's from France. That's a story for another time possibly. But yeah, you know, I'm much like much like many men at this point in time, you know, enjoying being a dad and learning as much as I can along the way to be a really good father and a really good husband, you know, and, and just holding on for the ride, which is 2020. But you know, <laughs> outside of outside of work, you know, I do all the kinds of things in regards to, you know, staying fit. You know, I'm in the in the garage at 6.30 each morning, you know, for my, you know, health kind of routine and, you know, just love all that kind of stuff and love getting outdoors and spending time and, you know, all those things that you could say that, that many people enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, I'm interested in your bio. You talk about this, this concept of the way you help people is not only about vision and goals. I think a lot of coaches help us to kind of think, what's our vision? What's our goal? But you talk about their deeply held beliefs. Can you just tell us you know, what do you mean by that? And like, what's different about the way you approach 
helping people through coaching? Yeah, like it's it's, it's a really really good question right and and it's kind of goes into some of the challenges or maybe where i went wrong which maybe we'll get to later but often we go like here is is the goal that i'm trying to get to like here's this big thing all the way down the road or sometimes we say here's some things that we want to do in the short term so like the little goals along the way and then often you know they kind of fall over and and we don't we don't achieve them and we start going, well, why, you know, what did I do wrong? Or, you know, was it something that happened or do I blame someone else? Or, you know, you know, why did I not get to my goal? And a lot of the time, I believe personally, it's around our beliefs. And what I mean by beliefs, the beliefs are things that we've often formed many, many years ago and they start to shape our lives. And sometimes they push us forward and sometimes they pull us back. And if you don't have a strong handle on your beliefs and the things that shape your life and what you believe around yourself in regards to, you know, do you think of yourself as a winner? Like, do you believe that you will win in situations? Or do you believe that you might be someone that, you know, always misses out or doesn't achieve? Like, if they're your beliefs, then that will impact your goals and your ability to get there. So I enjoy spending a lot of time with my clients to really dig in to understand those beliefs in order to figure out how are they impacting on their ability to get to their goals. Mm, that's fascinating. That's where the gold's at. Yeah, like that's where the gold's at, right? Because you, you're really kind of, you know, you're lifting the hood, you know, some of these things you've heard before, but you're lifting the hood and you're really trying to go deep with someone and you get below the surface. And as soon as you start to dig in there and people can realise, well, you know what, like I've been holding on to this belief since I was a teenager that I'm not enough or I'm not worthy. And like, you know, there's so many people, or we all have that at some stage or another, but some people hold on to that kind of conversation in their mind for 20, 30, 40 years and then wonder why things have not, you know, been as awesome as they could be. Like this is not about just people that might not be doing, you know, well. This is sometimes people that are doing pretty good, but there's something that's holding them back and, and quite often it's, it's their beliefs. Interesting. You know, I have a, a story about that with a friend of mine. When she was young, she was, her parents basically took her to a boarding school and kind of almost pretty much never came back. And she came from a family that had money and they paid for her boarding school, but she stayed there. And, and she told me a story about one time when she was young, you know, we're talking about, you know, I don't know, 11 years old, that her mother said, you know, I'll be there this Friday and then I'm going to spend the weekend with you. So, she was eagerly waiting for her mother on the steps of the of the this private school in Thailand here, and then uh, you know eventually, after waiting a few hours, the headmaster of the school came out and said, "You probably ought to come in. She doesn't look like she's coming." And she told me about this, and and basically, she went to see a psychiatrist that was a pretty impressive woman that she saw, and she had one session with this psychiatrist that was fascinating and. Really, she was a new woman after this session. And, and that psychiatrist basically said, when she talked about this story, she said, okay, see that doll over there, you know, across the room, like that's you sitting on the steps. And I want you to walk over there and pick that dog up, that doll up and bring that doll home. And, you know, it was obviously a lot of pain and crying and all that. But when she came out of that session, I mean, it was just like she was a new person and it's a great example of, you know, when you become aware, now she hadn't been aware of how this belief 
of not being worthy and all that and not being, you know, being abandoned. Once she became aware of that belief, the next step was how does she let that go and not let it rule her? And I'm just curious from your experience, you know, it's one thing to help someone become aware of a belief, but how do you help them to get rid of it or get beyond it or overcome it? Yeah, yeah. Look, the really, really good question. And that's that's when I suppose a lot of the hard work starts to come in because all of a sudden you're starting to try and find a mind shift in someone and show them like the opportunities and good in their life that can start to form by letting go of these habits. So originally you start going, okay, well, you know, why is this in your life and where did it come from? And then how is that, you know, impacting your life and how is that holding you back? And when you start to have those realisations, then you can start to bring in some of these other pieces in regards to, okay, so where was, where is your life going to go if you can move past this? And what are some of these other you know characteristics or values that you bring into your life like how good can it be you know what are some of these habits that you can introduce into your life and then you start also spending time like if someone's got this fear of abandonment or you know one of their needs are is that they want to feel loved like you know then what are the habits that they have that they've got in their life that they're doing now that kind of keeps on bringing them back into the past and once you start to look at those, well, how do you break these habits? Like, okay, then, you know, each time you do this, then we introduce a new one. Like, do you make it harder to do that habit? So there's a whole heap of different ways to do it. Certainly it is around the awareness that you spoke of. And then it's how do you introduce things in the future? Like I, I absolutely recommend journaling to a lot of people mm. and the power of journaling to be able to have that reflection piece but it's also the power of journaling to be able to start to write and say that these are the things that I'm wanting to, you know, live my life by. Like these are the characteristics. These are the qualities that I want to live by. And it enables you to really dig into that piece around that self-validation. Like these are the amazing things that are happening in my life now versus in the past. This is what I can do in the future. And as soon as you can start to tap in and build that self-validation piece, then that starts to really move you away from what's happened in the past. Got it. Got it. Well, it's exciting work that you're doing and I would love to learn more about it. And maybe we will learn as we go through your story, but now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Yeah. Like this is, um, it's a really cool question. So thank you so much for, for, you know, asking it right. So, I certainly did, and it wasn't an investment per se in regards to a financial investment, but it was an investment in time and it was an investment in career. And it was the career that I was on that journey before becoming a life coach. And when I decided to move from basketball, so Melbourne United, which is a place that I had true, like a real strong purpose, the purpose at Melbourne United for me was to to bring back the sport of basketball, it was to support the club to win championships but absolutely a massive purpose for me was how do we make this club fantastic for the mums and the dads and the kids that were sitting in the stands like that that was where I felt real kind of you know passion I left there and went to a big business and I thought that this was going to be the next you know 10 years of, of my life quite frankly you know massive organization good opportunity a lot of money, like good money, I should say. I shouldn't say a lot, uh, but it was good money. 
And then all of a sudden, this was not right for me. It was the worst decision in regards to I'd gone to a place where it wasn't aligned with my purpose. It created massive, you know, angst and anxiety in me. I spent six months waking up at 4 a.m. every morning just just thinking about like the day ahead and what was going to go wrong and like all of these things that that weren't necessarily a reality and yeah this caused massive massive conflict so the worst investment was that but it also gave rise to this amazing realization that i needed to find purpose like Mm. i need to live my life with purpose and purpose doesn't always need to be grand and massive but my purpose started to be around how do i be the best dad the best, you know, husband and the best person. And that's when I started to go, right, I need to make some changes in my life. So as bad as that investment in regards to the career was initially, and that was the wrong spot for me, I'm not saying it was the wrong spot for other people, but wrong spot for me, wrong time. That just led into all these other, you know, amazing opportunities that I've been, you know, enjoying now. So let's dig into this for a little bit before we get into the lessons that you learn. One of the, uh, I have, a, I always tend to have interns working with me and I say something that sounds a little bit strange. And that is one of the best things that could come out of an internship is you find out that something you thought you liked, you find <laughs> out that you do not like. Yeah. And the reason why that's such a valuable lesson is because when you graduate from university, you know, you don't waste your time going out to find the job that you think you like and then realize it's not the right job. And then you got to spend months and years trying to figure out what to do. And I'm just curious, you know, you're a mature guy, you're in touch with your, with yourself and all that. What did you miss when you started looking at this opportunity and thinking about it? What did I miss before I took it? Yeah. I mean, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. So at that point in time, you know, the basketball thing was was doing well, but for me it was around, okay, what's what's next? And that's certainly something that as I continued to explore was was something I was really missing. I was always looking at what is the next goal. There was, you know, very little gratitude. There was very little enjoyment. So I looked at this job as it's a big job. It's a big opportunity. Stroke the ego in regards to the things that, that it made amount of money that was going to enable us to then do property development all of these kinds of things right like all of a sudden i was just looking beyond like the journey that i needed to go on to you know enjoy and be successful at that job so what i did wrong is i was just looking so far down down the road that i missed everything that i was going to need to do along the way about you know, enjoying being in a new business, you know, really learning the ropes, you know, learning, getting better every day, you know, understanding that I wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. And can you remember the day, the exact day or place or time when you realized that I got to get out of this? Yeah, look, I battled, I battled with it for so long because I didn't, I didn't, I was never... I never looked at failure as being an option with anything. Like as I'd always committed to when I'd start something, I'd finish it and I'd see it through. So that was part of the angst that that was in me for a long period of time. But, you know, I was there for eight or nine months, something along those lines. Um, You know, it was probably, 
you know, three months into it where it really started to create this angst, anxiety. Then it was this, you know, five, six months worth of waking up every morning. And then it was really towards the end where I was like, no, I'd spoken to my wife. You know, we'd had some really great conversations. And then it was like, this is not for me. It's not going to be the long-term thing. It's not going to be about, you know, this is not about digging in the heels. This is about realising this is not for me. You know, it's time to make a change. So it, it did take me a while, but it mm. certainly was on the back of, you know, like a lot of reflection. And that was where I also went wrong, right? Like you need to reflect. Like if you're not taking the time in life to reflect on what's going on, then you're never going to have gratitude, which is a powerful thing that we all should be having. And you're never going to take the opportunity to explore about what's what's going on. So, you know, it was after so much reflection, I kind of said, no, like this is right. enough. Things need to change. Because, you know, one final piece there, I didn't want to be in that organisation just for the sake of being in the organisation. If I couldn't be everything, everything that I knew I was capable of and give it everything and, you know, do all those things and forge a path like I had in the rest of my career, then why do it? Like why, mm. why then impact on the people in that organisation if I couldn't bring it how I knew that I should be? Right. Okay, so what lessons did you learn from this experience? Yeah, I, I learned... I learned self-validation is really important. And that was something that I didn't practice a lot of. I often looked for, you know, I looked for this particular person to say great or that particular pat on the back or, you know, who is who is providing me with the confidence. So I, I realised how important self-validation was and, like, you need to have that, especially especially if you're looking to do challenging things outside of the box. So that was mm. one thing. There's a few, like there's a lot, but I'll cover off a couple. Yep. The other one was that whole, you know, taking time to pause and reflect and understand what's happening in your life. Now, how your life is impacting you, how you're impacting other people in your life, but taking pause, like that was a massive thing for me. Enjoying the journey, right? Like I was, I'd often... You know, if I reflect back even on Melbourne United days, like we won the championship, there were these celebrations. And for me, it was like, okay, what's next? Like I wasn't enjoying that that journey. I was just always focused on what was further down the road. So that was the other lesson around gratitude. I didn't have gratitude for a lot of the amazing stuff that I'd done in regards to my career. Like I didn't and wasn't showing gratitude to my, you know, beautiful wife. Um, my amazing wife that was supporting me. I wasn't having enough gratitude even for my little boy. And this was impacting me as a dad. So, you know, that was such a powerful lesson that, you know, you need to have gratitude in your life. And, and the last one, if, if I may, yep. is, um, you know, we're not perfect. And, you know, failure is is a part of life. And, you know, I think I'd always tried to be tried to be perfect, you know, as I grew up, you know, my mum was always, you know, just be perfect, just be perfect. And, you know, that's that's like a really bad place to play and, and you know, we're not perfect. Like failure is okay and especially if you, you're giving it a crack and you're trying to do things. So I know that was a long answer yep. to your question but there was so many powerful lessons and they were probably the really big ones that then started to shape you know, on what I was going to do next and how I wanted to impact people and how I wanted to support and, and you know, what the next chapter of my legacy was going to be. 
Great stuff. You know, number one, self-validation. Don't, you know, look outside yourself. You've got to validate yourself. Number two, take time to pause and reflect. Beautiful. Number three, enjoy the journey. And number four, recognize that failure is a very real part of life. Great learnings. Let me uh, share a few things that I take away from it. I mean, the first thing I would say is some people say, how did you get to the success that you're at? My limited success. And I said, I quit often. And they say, well, that doesn't make sense, you know. But what I always say is that when you find something that's not working for you, don't be afraid to leave it. And a lot of times people don't leave things because they, they fear the unknown of what it's going to be like without that thing. And you're always going to be much more comfortable with the thing that you don't know, you know, the, the thing that you know you don't like. Then you're going to be comfortable with, well, what am I going to replace it with? So, but if you find something that you just don't like and you're in it, don't be afraid to walk away and say, it wasn't for me. And then the, the second part of this uh, that I take away is the idea of stepping back, having gratitude. It's really an important message for this time because for myself, as well as I know a lot of the listeners, everybody's working double time to try to make sure they survive this crisis and that they try to you know, survive and thrive through it. And that oftentimes means that you just get so caught up in work. I know I do. Mm -hmm. So you've reminded me to step back and think about what I'm grateful for. And, you know, I have brought some routines into my life. I've recently started doing yoga in the morning at a nearby place. And then I've also uh, set up a time that my mom and I, who my mom lives with me, where we have a morning time together on the balcony and we've got a little water fountain there and plants. And then I make a cup of coffee. And even if we just have five minutes or 30 minutes, you know, it's just that precious time. So you remind me of the idea of stepping back. So thank you for that. Yeah. Anything you'd add? Yeah, look, there's, you know, that, that, that stress and, you know, that feeling that you have in your gut, right? Like that's, that's your body, you know, telling you that there's misalignment in your world and your universe and, and that's okay. Like you need to, you need to listen to these things. Like they're there for a reason. Like, you know, if, you know, a lot of coaches and scientists and they talk about, you know, the two million year old brain and, you know, what it was created for. And that was around the agitation gets us out of bed to go find food and water and shelter. And we're in a really, really different spot now with the world we live in. But it certainly still relates to whether or not it's work or relationships or life in general. Like, you know, pay attention to those feelings that are going on inside of you and take the opportunity to explore them further, you know, before making your next move. But, you know, don't ignore them. Like, mm -hmm. you hear people that ignore things for 10, 20, 30 years and they get you know, later on in life and then they start to go, well, you know, this is a bit of a mess now because they haven't listened to themselves. They haven't been true to themselves. And, and that's the important part. Um, you know, you mentioned there before about, you know, yoga and meditation and, you know, mindfulness, and these are all things that a lot of people are talking about. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's around, you know, how do you sit with yourself? How do you understand your thoughts? How do you tap into your what's going on and then explore it? Because if there's stress and anxiety there, you need to be able to sit comfortably with those kind of emotions in order to work around them, through them or over them. And, and the practice that you're doing now, all those things are really helpful for you to be able to do those things. Yep. yep. 
So based on what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Yeah, look, it's, well, it's a good one. I, I don't want to go back and say this reflection gratitude piece, but like what I spent a lot of time doing was, and where I got to now, was around reflecting on what my legacy was going to be, so what my life story was going to be. And that's where the power of everything really started to change. So I was looking at my life, you know, personally and saying, you know, I wasn't going to be the best dad, husband, person. I wasn't going to be able to impact on as many lives as I wanted to. So I really started to look look forward and go, what is my legacy? What am I creating? And when I started to look at that, I then had this piece of, well, I need to make changes. So I would say to anybody out there, like life might be good, you know, fantastic. This is not about people that might be just struggling. This is about all kinds of people. Take the opportunity to, you know, pause, reflect, as I was saying before, mm -hmm. and look at the legacy and life that you're creating. And if you're not satisfied with what you think that end result, you know, is looking like it's going to be in, in 20, 30, 40 years or, or whatnot, then start to make some changes now, start to make those plans. That would be my recommendation to, to everyone is just, just do that because it's really powerful when you start to look at that and what fantastic things you could do once you wrap your mind around it. Beautiful. So listeners, what is your legacy going to be? Great question to think about. Last question, what's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Yeah, I think it's an awesome question, right? So I have a vision or a plan that by 2025, I want to impact 1 million lives. So, you know, next year is obviously not 2025, but mm. over the next 12 months, it's certainly around how do I, you know, continue to engage with people? You know, how do I get in front of many businesses? Um, you know, how do I do as much coaching as I can? So for me, it's how do I keep on, one, expanding my coaching practice, but two, it's, you know, I know this is the second one, but it's also how do I keep on, you know, learning and growing? Right. I'm not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. You know, there are rough edges that I have that I still need to work through. So I still want to keep on getting better and better every day, keep on being more mindful and aware of what I need to work on, embracing that, knowing that I can make change. Because if I do all of those things, then that leads into my goal of being a better dad, a better husband, and then a better coach, and enables me to impact on more people. So like that's, they're the thing that I want to do over the next 12 months. Beautiful. All right, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. Remember to go to myworstinvestmentever.com to get free access to my short course, Six Ways to Lose Your Money and Six Strategies to Win. As we conclude, Luke, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of Ace Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? No, no. I just, I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity to come on and chat. Like it's always, it's always amazing. Um, you know, I love what you're doing in regards to, you know, these kind of conversations because they're really powerful. So I suppose my, my parting comment would be, you know, just don't let those weeks and months and years pass you by without really embracing, you know, some of those conversations that are going on in your mind and not giving them the energy to explore and, and figure out how your life could go from, you know, good to amazing. And that's quite often what it is. So, 
you know, just just take the opportunity to explore and, and see where it takes you. But yeah, if any of your listeners want to chat, then absolutely, I'm all here. Okay. And we'll put the links in the show notes for anybody that wants to, you can just type Luke Fenwick into your browser, but you can also just come to the show notes and we'll have links and everything for you to get a hold of Luke. And I think I'm going to close it off by saying a question that you've now raised to all of us that I think we all should be listening. Let's be thinking about today. What's your legacy? Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott saying, I'll see you on the upside.